Welcome back to Rugby World Cup today here on SENZ, brought to you by Kubota, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. As always, Surly here, coming to you live from Nice. However, this is the last time I'll be able to say that, as today, unfortunately, my French trip comes to an end, and in about three hours' time, actually, I'll be heading to the airport to start that treacherous two-day trek back to New Zealand. It's hard to feel sorry for me, I'm sure, and fair enough, too. What a few weeks it's been, the weather the food and of course the footy has been unreal and with the tournament about to hit the business end I have a feeling the entertainment levels from France are just about to be turned up another notch so plenty to discuss on today's show with the All Blacks team having been named in the early hours of this morning and coach Ian Foster talking to the media following that announcement there's also lots of news from around the various teams so we'll rip into that a look ahead to this weekend's schedule to get you fizzed up for some big do-or-die clashes. And of course, we have to highlight a breakout performer brought to you by Breakout River Meat. As always, the phone lines are open as well, so feel free to give us a buzz on 0800 150 811 or text on through to 8833 to have your opinions heard and join in on the conversation. But right now, it's time to welcome into the show SENZ commentator and former All Black halfback Steve Devine. Steve, mate, what was your initial reaction to this All Blacks 23? Were you surprised at a few of the selections, or is this pretty much what you expected heading into this game against Uruguay? Yeah, initially I thought they would probably go full-strength team, with, uh, something pretty similar to what they want to roll out next week. But then, you know, once I've seen it and looked at it, it's, it sort of makes sense. There's a few guys that really need to run. Um, Sam Kane, uh, Shannon Frizzell, Otorio Lomax, you know, all need game time. And then there's a few other guys who don't. Uh, Brody Retallick probably doesn't need to do too much more. And Aaron Smith probably doesn't need to do too much more. So it, it sort of makes sense. Uh, it's, it's a smart play. Um, the guys that need it to get in the run, the guys who don't, um, are not and there's a few little questions marks being thrown around by um, you know in the centre pairing Leonard Brown and and also Leicester uh, being on the wing and also covering midfield I think is um, yeah I think that's important to see you know down the line who will probably fill uh, that uh, centre uh, midfield position from the bench yeah, interesting points you raise there. Do you genuinely believe that there's still spots up for grabs or do you think Foster and Co have that starting 15 at least nailed down and now there's guys like Lester and Co fighting for a spot on the bench? I, I think they're, they're probably pretty keen for uh, Leonard Brown to have a, a good go at centre. Um, I, I also possibly think, yeah, the, you know, Lester will probably get 10 minutes or so, uh, 20 minutes maybe at centre to see how he goes. I you know, I think he'll do a great job. I'd love to see Will Jordan go to fullback, but um, I don't think that's going to happen. And and also, maybe they're playing around a little bit with um, having Damien McKenzie as a fullback, um, not just on the bench um, covering 10 and 15, but but maybe playing as a fullback as well. So I'm, I'm sure there's a couple of little decisions that they'll be looking at, but I, I, I'm pretty sure it's probably, it's probably locked and loaded um, pretty close to what they want, barring injury, of course. Like you mentioned, lots of changes. I think just six players retain their spot in the starting side. For you, would you have gone with like that cohesion and trying to build some combinations, or are you quite keen as well to see guys like Artie and that come into quarterfinals well rested and maybe re-energized? Yeah, I, I just think this team is 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 it's not a lot to do with um, combinations and those sorts of things. I just think it's straight who needs to run and who doesn't need to run. Um, some of those boys are desperate, you know, to get a bit more footy under their belt before they go into the biggest match of their careers next week. 
So I, I just think it's all about giving uh, giving giving the guys a run and letting those who have done a few Ks just let them have a week off because there's a big turnaround before the next game. They've got 10 days between matches. So in, in rugby terms, that's a, that's a big turnaround. You know, seven's, seven days is quite a long one. So, um, yeah, they've got time. They've got time up the sleeve. They'll just be... Hoping to get through this without any injuries and, um, you know, playing playing a reasonable game, playing at a pace, um, you know, running them off their feet a little bit and, and, and see, you know, hopefully they can get a bit um, from the defence, you know, with that rush in. Hopefully they get to practice a little bit of, um, you know, that rush in defence that's, you know, often the All Blacks struggle to um, play when they come up against a, a good team who rushes in on D. Keen to pick your brain on Cam Roygaard because, of course, you were a great nine yourself and to me, his rise over this season has been unreal. Like if TJ Pitanata wasn't injured, then he might not have played a lot of Super Rugby, which is crazy to think. What's it that's impressed you the most about Cam? Because it clearly looks like he's jumped Finlay now and he's hot on the heels of Aaron Smith as well. We obviously know Aaron's always going to be your starting nine. He's one of, if not the best in the world. But what is it about Cam that maybe offers him something a bit more than a Finlay? Yeah, I think he, he adds a dynamic to New Zealand rugby, a halfback that's a little bit different to the others. Um, you know, he's got that running game. And um, traditionally in the last, you know, five years or so, it's all been about that quick ruck ball from the from the back of the ruck. You know, it's quicker, the quicker the better. And, uh, you know, he's he's introduced this running game and he, 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 he likes sniping around the edges. He's fast, he's strong, he can beat defenders and, and make holes around that. And that's something we don't have. We have Fakatava who does it. Uh, and does it pretty well. That's why I thought he might have got a, a plane ticket over there. Um, but um, yeah, he's, he's had a like you know what a breakout season. He's he's certainly the New Zealand uh, rookie of the year in terms of he's come from nowhere and you know he's he's knocking on the front door to to be named as number nine and in, uh, in a World Cup final. So. You know, sensational year. His game's just going from strength to strength. He's running. Um, he's got a little bit of work to do on his pass. Um, he found the turf a few times last weekend, but um, I'm sure that'll come. And, um, you know, he's, he's he's got a pretty good mentor over there in Aaron Smith to teach him how to pass and maybe give him a few tips on, on what to do and what not to do. But, um, yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, a young kid who's just found his feet in, in test footy and super rugby and, you know, what a, what a remarkable season he's had and long may it continue. 100%. Another player I wanted to highlight as well was Sam Whitelock, who, quite the contrast to Roy Gard, he'll play test number 150 and get the start. What a player he is and what an achievement. How do you see this locking battle kind of playing out over the next few weeks? We have three world-class options there. Unfortunately, we can only start two. One has to be on the bench. What do you think is kind of the pecking order in the camp at the moment? Because for me, you could almost go with either of them. Yeah, oh, absolutely. First of all, uh, to Sam, what a, what an amazing achievement! I, I I played against him. If that if that means anything, that's how uh, that's how long he's been around. <laughs> uh, incredible achievement. Uh, great man, honest, hardworking. Uh, doesn't want the limelight, and just you know, just one of those men who just you know head down, bum up, gets stuck into his work, and you know what a fantastic career. And to hit the one fifty, it's uh, it's pretty special. And I I hope they make a, a you know a very special note of it post match. Um, in terms of, uh, he's probably, um, I think Retallick will probably come back into the starting lineup next week. I think, um, you know, just the, the game's changed a little bit up in the UK and, and it's all about body mass and, and getting through the advantage line. Like it's, it's, they're big men up there and you need, you just, it's more about being heavy and being able to get through the advantage line and get over it. And, 
Um, I just think the two heavier locks, Barrett and, um, you know, who's a, who's a ball-carrying specialist is um, Scott Barrett in that lock position and, and Guzzler who can um, use his body mass as well to get through the advantage line a little bit better when he's carrying the ball, just offers a, a little bit more. So I think at the moment probably probably Sam will be holding that um, – you know that bench position, but what a what a what a talent to bring on. You know, with with ten to go, especially you know needing to nail lineouts uh, both defensively and offensively. Lineouts, you know, he's uh, been around a long time. He's uh, been in a, quite a few lineouts, so you know that's where we're going to need him later in those matches when the pressure really comes on to having a you know big experienced head come on and just settle things down and, and make sure the the jobs are getting done. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned there you want experienced heads coming off the bench for you. Is that where you kind of see these islands, uh, France, South Africa, having a real advantage at the moment is the strength of their bench. So having guys like Whitelock and co coming in off the pine with 20, 30 minutes to go, that can only be a positive for us, right? Yeah, listen, I think this World Cup's going to come down to a couple of very key moments, uh, both the quarterfinals, semifinals and finals uh, in all the matches. It's going to be a, a few big moments and, you know, you're gonna need you're gonna need experienced cool heads in in those moments. Uh, it'll be a line out or a scrum, and that, and that's basically all it's going to come down to. If we look at the South African Irish game, you know, the Africans had a, a line out at the end, uh, set up a rolling more to win the match, and um, you know they weren't quite good enough to get it done. And you know, it's just those those little one percenters that's going to make all the difference. And it's gonna it's gonna certainly help having a, a cool calm Sam Whitelock come off the bench and uh, add you know vital experience in those dying in those dying moments. Um, if New Zealand can get their game rolling uh, with speed, get over the advantage line, get good quick ruck ball, and use the ball and find space, um, we're going to be untouchable. We showed that against Ireland, uh, Italy, sorry, last weekend that uh, no one can take us on at our game. Uh, no one's beaten Italy like that in the last couple of years, and you know no one can play us at our game. And I just think now the rest of the world have, and they know that they it got reinforced last weekend that. We have to try and stop and slow this uh, all-black team down. Otherwise, we're not going to keep up. So that's going to be the battle going forward. It's going to be uh, can we get it going fast or can they keep us going slow? And that, uh, that'll that be the battle. Plenty of other big games this weekend. You're part of the SNZ commentary team, of course, so you're calling two of them. Just wanted to have a quick look at those. England versus Samoa and Japan versus Argentina. England for me. They've been an interesting side to watch. They're playing a pretty old-school brand of footy that probably wouldn't win over many mutual fans, but they've been getting results, which they haven't been doing as of late. So how do you kind of rate England at the moment? I thought they looked best when they ran with Farrell and Marcus Smith, but I think they're going to go back to George Ford and maybe go back to that tactic of going up in threes. Yeah, listen, I I watched I started watching the England Argentina match that first weekend and turned it off uh, before half time, <laughs> and I haven't watched them since, and I I've basically refused to watch them because of how boring they are. Um, yeah, listen, I I think our game of rugby, um, if we're trying to grow it as a spectator sport and put bums on seats and have people interested in our game, we need. To make it entertaining, and I, I don't think they do that. And I know they're winning, but it's it's not, you know, it's just they're playing to their strengths, I guess. At the end of the day, but I I don't agree with how they can be competitive in a game of rugby by doing so little. Um, they will a hundred percent. They will try and win it by threes, and they won't have a problem doing that. And um, I just think it's it's pretty disappointing on the rest of the world that they have to watch uh, a team that. You know, can obviously go out and score points if they want to, but choose not to. It's 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 disappointing. Uh, 
I'm 100% on Samoa in this match. I hope they run them around. I hope they um, get into them. If, if you meet them up front, the English, when they're trying to go up by threes, and, and if you're disciplined, you, they're going to be in for a, for a long day. 100%. And I guess a Samoan side with nothing to lose, you'd hope they bring a bit of razzle to the occasion. That Japan versus Argentina game on Monday, a game which sees the winner advance from Pool D. Both sides probably haven't reached the heights of their 2019 campaigns, but you get the feeling that making it to the quarterfinals would be a big achievement for both of them so far. How do you see this game playing out? They're two quite contrasting styles, and for me, it's a real coin flip. I didn't see Japan beating Samoa, so it's almost hard to write them off, right? Yeah, the Japanese, if they get it right, they're, they're like they're like New Zealand, right? If, if you allow them to get quick ruck ball, you, you, you're going to be chasing them all day, and they will run, and they will run all day long. So, you know, for the, for the Argentinians, they need to be brutal up front. They need to uh, dominate them. They need to slow them down a little bit, and then they – don't try and run around the Japanese. You've got to try and run over the top of them. And, it, and it's going to take a little while to, to break them down, um, you know, certainly deep into that second half. And you just, you know, I think I think at the end of the day, the Argies will be a bit too too big and too strong up front, and hopefully they can do that. They've they've got some smart backs, the Argies, and, you know, they will play they will play their style. It's very physical and, you know, they, they'll give the ball a bit of air when, when it's needed to. Uh, but I think, yeah, up front, Initially, she's going to be a pretty pretty tight tussle. Um, I think Argy will come out on top, and you know, I think I think Argentina can can almost walk into a semi final of this World Cup if they if they get it right in the next two games. Which, and you know, I think they can do that. They're they're a good team when they get it right. Um, not so good when they don't get it right. You know, traditionally they can get wound up a lot and maybe a little bit too far. And I I, I sort of think that what happened in the first game against England, they just they all got a bit too wound up and a bit over the top and didn't settle into the game and before they knew it they were just strangled out of it. So hopefully a few lessons learnt there from the Argies, but yeah, I, I think they can go all the way to the semi finals easily. Yeah, it's certainly a favourable side of the draw, isn't it? And then finally before I let you go, could you give us a prediction for the all blacks, mate? Are you expecting a cricket score? Do you think it'll be a little less than what we put on Italy? And what do you want to see from this performance? Uh, I, yeah, listen, I, I'm not too worried about the score. I, I think they're going to get a bonus point win. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm certain they'll score four tries. I, I just like to see them. I'd like, you know, I'd like to see them work their defense. I'd like, I'd like them to try and find space uh, with the ball against the defense that's going to defend up and in. Um, that's where we've traditionally struggled against the Northern Hemisphere teams that do that and Africa. Um, so, you know, we're going to come up against Ireland or Africa uh, or Scotland who are going to defend up and in. And I just think we need a little bit more practice around finding, getting the ball to space, why that defence is moving up and in rather than what we used to down here. Um, I don't think it, I don't think, you know, yeah. I, if they get it right, if the All Blacks get it right and play their game, uh, it could be a cricket score, absolutely. Well, thanks for your time, mate. Appreciate you hanging around after the show to chew the fat. Good luck with the calls alongside Sammy Hewitt here on SENZ and enjoy the weekend's footy, the last round before we get into the knockout stages. How good. Cheers. Enjoy the plane trip home. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Right, time now for an air break, and when we come back, we'll dive into the latest news from around the Rugby World Cup.
That's right. Welcome back to Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. And you are here with Surly, of course, live from France, like I mentioned before, starting that treacherous trek back home today. Really not looking forward to that. Each minute that ticks by, the dread grows even more. But of course, there's plenty of Rugby World Cup news to tick off. So let's dive into a lot of these camps and hear what's going on. Island assistant coach Mike Catt, he's blasted the question around match fixing that was posed to South African boss Jacques Nienenbaugh yesterday. If you missed it, the South African coach, he was asked whether there was a chance Ireland and Scotland could collude and to get the result of this match this weekend that would send both teams through at South Africa's expense. Nienenbaugh played down the idea while Mike Cat also rubbished the notion that there would be any match fixing between his side and Scotland. And he also spoke about their star pivot, Johnny Sexton, and the ban he received pre-World Cup and how that might work in their favour. Here's Mike Cat. I don't know what to say about that, to be honest. But anyway, um, yeah. I think he was asked the question, wasn't he? He didn't actually say it. It was no, match fixing, yeah, did he? He actually... Yeah, but that's... That's, yeah, but he was asked the question about match fix, match. Is that match fixing? No, he was asked, or, is, it, is, he, is he worried about it? And he said yeah. that would be match fixing. But I presume you're going to win the game. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that stuff is, yeah, just white noise in the background that, you know, doesn't really. No, we're not going to go in cahoots with Scotland. Firstly, I'd ask is, is, would we want Scotland to beat us by 21 points? Sure. I mean, that's the first one. If you ask any player in this room, or even any of us, would you want Scotland to beat you by 21 points? Well, I think it's actually worked in our favour, him being banned for three, three games because he's had a proper pre-season um, and his body's been able to maintain the intensity of those test matches. You know, Tonga and South Africa, especially the South Africa game, did 50, 60 minutes there and, and was very comfortable with it. So, um, yeah, it's all about preparation and, and it's probably the first time he's had a proper pre-season injury-free where he's been able to to really knuckle down and get things done. So all credit to him for putting that work in. Next up, we jump to the host nation, France, and big news out of their camp with captain Anton Dupont set to find out on Monday whether he will be able to return from that facial fracture injury he suffered, of course, against Namibia. Dupont will sit out this weekend's final pool match against Italy, but he's set to meet with a surgeon within a week to find out whether he can participate in the remainder of the tournament. If he gets the green light to play, he'll start with contact training again, and then it will be up to the coaches to decide. And this is massive for French. You feel like the weight of their World Cup is lying around this decision. So stay tuned for the outcome of that. Next up, Australia coach Eddie Jones. He's been warned that the Fiji team are going to take his credit card and buy some kava to celebrate with. You love this. Fiji, they need just a point in their final pool match against Portugal to qualify for the quarterfinals, of course, at the Wallabies' expense. And as Fiji assistant coach Brad Harris has explained, they're certainly going to celebrate if they reach the next round. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, we'll take Eddie's credit card after we beat Portugal. We can pass that message back to Eddie. We'll take his credit card to uh, buy some carver for our team function. <laughs> oh, you love to hear that, don't you? The Fijians, typically, always, they love to bring a bit of humour and they love a bit of carver as well. So what a celebration that would be. And you'd have to think if they do face up against England, they'll like their chances there as well. Sticking with Australia and pretty crazy stories and Rugby Australia chairman Hamish McLennan has detailed a furious exchange with a fan that forced him to drink milk 
to express his anger at the team's performance. That's right. He was forced to scull a glass of milk. He even said he was feared he was going to be glassed by the supporter and felt embarrassed after the incident. Of course, Australia, they're on the brink of exit at the World Cup, but he's still standing by Eddie Jones. Fair to say, I've never seen someone have to scull a glass of milk, so that's certainly a world first. Dan Bigger. He's set to make his Wales comeback. He said that he will be ready to go for the quarterfinals. Been training with the team. He suffered that arm injury early on in the game against Australia. Fair to say Gareth Anscombe did a more than acceptable job coming in. 23 points, I think, he scored in that game. But good news for Wales fans, of course, Dan Bigger. He's their regular pivot, so to get him back for finals footy is a massive inclusion. And then finally, Rugby Australia, that's a Sorry, they've sensationally withdrawn their offer to NRL star Angus Crichton just days after tabling a $1.6 million contract to get him to move over from rugby league to rugby union. He was set to play for the Wallabies and Western Force in Super Rugby if he accepted this offer. The decision to offer him a contract of that much money has certainly come under some criticism with Rugby Australia instead being urged to spend the money in the grassroots level and overhaul their current system. So maybe the backlash was too big and they've decided to pull the pin on Angus Crichton. And fair enough too. So that was your news from around the grounds. Now, now quickly, we'll get into our breakout performance brought to you by Breakout River Meats, 100% Australian meat, only found at your local independent butcher. And my breakout performance today is Levani Botia from Fiji, who of course is wearing the seven jersey for them in this tournament. But interestingly enough, He's played 142 games throughout his pro career at centre, so he's the definition of a utility player. The 34-year-old, he's a real presence around the field. He hits hard, he's dangerous with ball in hand, and being a back as well, he has an amazing skill set which has helped to lead to a lot of Fiji's tries. You can often find him ranging out wide on the flanks. He's deadly with ball in hand, and he's got that typical Fijian skill set, so no doubt if they are to be a real force come quarterfinals time, then look out for him. The big number seven, Lavani Botia. So your Breakout River player, he's brought to you by Breakout River Meats. Insist on 100% Aussie Watervale beef, Shiverton pork and Calra lamb from your independent butcher. Visit breakoutrivermeats.co.com.au. 6.30 now, so here's Johnny Mac with the news. Welcome back to Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Time now to dive into the All Blacks camp, and of course the team was named to face Uruguay this morning. Coach Ian Foster, he's decided to mix things up a little for our final pool game before heading into the knockout stages, with this week's team looking to build on the momentum formed from last week's performance against Italy. Nine changes to the starting 15 from, of course, that 96-17 victory against the Italians with five up front and four in the back line. Only Ufatonga Fassi, Cody Taylor, Shannon Frizzell, Richie Moanga, Geordie Barrett and Will Jordan retain their spots in the starting side. 
And good news, Sam Kane, he'll captain the All Blacks at Rugby World Cup 2023 for the first time after playing 20 minutes off the bench last week. You could tell he was keen to get into that game. I think he made an error straight away. He was just itching to get his hands on the ball, so it's great to have our skipper back in the saddle. He led the side for the first time against Namibia in Rugby World Cup 2015 before, of course, taking over the captain's armband from Kieran Reid as captain back in 2020. And one of the big calls, Cam Roygaard, he earns his second start of the World Cup after playing 66 minutes in the starting nine jersey against Namibia. This will be his first start alongside Richie Mwanga when he wears the nine jersey. A two try assists in a 31-minute performance off the bench in the last game against Italy. And as we just heard from Steve Devine there, I love this call from Ian Foster. Cam gives us something a little bit different. His running game is second to none, so I'm really keen to see how he goes being on the paddock from the opening whistle. If used off the bench, Ethan Blackadder, he will make his Rugby World Cup debut as well. And interestingly, his father, Todd Blackadder, of course, a household name here in New Zealand, played 12 tests for the All Blacks between 1998 and 2000, but he never played in a Rugby World Cup after missing out on selection in the 1999 tournament. So a bit of history on the line there for the Blackadder family. Damian McKenzie, he'll start at fullback for the first time since November 2021 in that game against Italy. His past five caps have been at first five or off the bench. A really interesting selection here from this one, and we do have some audio coming up from Ian Foster explaining the decision, so I'm keen to hear about that. Sam Whitelock, of course, he will play as 150th test as well. He trails only Wales legend Alan Wynne-Jones as the most capped player in test history. Of course, Alan has 171, which is a massive knock. This will also be his 23rd Rugby World Cup match, surpassing England's Jason Leonard and New Zealand's Richie McCaw, the great man Sir Richie, for for the all-time appearance record. Victory in this match would also see him surpass Richie for the most World Cup wins by any player. They're both tied on 20 victories, and I'd say that going into this game, Sam will be pretty confident that they can make this one 21. But like I mentioned before, Ian Foster fronted media today after this team announcement. So let's hear Fozzie as he talks about his top 23. I'm just going to say we're pretty clear about what we're doing. And... um, I guess there's there's always a couple of spots that, that people can put their hand up. There's guys returning from injury, we, we um, and so we just need to make sure that, that they get out of the game, what, what they need to get out of the game to make sure they're ready, um, I think. Um, but, you know, we're, we're pretty clear with the strategy, and I think it's, it's also, you've got to remember, when you talk about starting 15, it's also about the 23, isn't it? And... Um, you know, I thought our 23 as a group last week was really disciplined about how they finished that game and stayed true to, to the things we wanted to achieve. And so, you know, we are looking with interest about how how that next how that bench comes off and how they play. So some interesting comments from Fozzie there. Like he mentioned, it's all about the 23, and it does sound like there's a few spots available for players to play their way into the side. It's so much about cohesion. Everyone's talking about building towards this quarterfinal, but it does seem like maybe two or three spots are still available for guys to play their way in. Next, Ian Foster spoke on the selection of the team. Look, we've selected the team that we think is best for this game. It's obviously a must-win for us, and, and that's our number one focus. Um, we've, and then where we've made a couple of tweaks is, is 
there's some guys that we felt maybe didn't need a hit out, um, but can still be in really good great shape because of that. So, um, but I think you see when you look at the team, there's a lot of continuity in many aspects. Um, we're going to bring the likes of Sam and and Tyrell, Geordie, get their progress coming back, and I know they're really keen in those roles. So. Um, um, you know, Sam Whitelock coming back in. So, a lot of those changes are, well, I think, have got us into a really strong position for this game. Yeah, great point from Fozzie there. And it's a nice luxury, isn't it? You can rest guys like Artie Savia, Aaron Smith, bring Sam Whitelock and co back into the lineup. Boy, we spoilt for talent here in New Zealand rugby. Speaking of talent, Ian Foster had this to say about Cam Roygaard, who, of course, has had a massive rise into the starting nine jersey. So let's hear what the all-black coach had to say about him. Look, I want to see him do what he's good at. Like, he brings an edge to, you know, the running game. He's a threat, and I want him to stick with that. I think his left foot kicking is a, is a real asset for us. We haven't got a lot of left footers in our inside backs, and so that's a bonus. Um, so that's a couple of real good, strong positives I want him to carry on. One thing I do want him to do is to improve the accuracy of his pass. And I just think... Um, you know, when he's been coming on, he's probably been rushing that aspect of his game a little bit. And so this is a chance for him to settle into this game and get that right and, and show that that can be a, a massive strength for him as well. Ian Foster there echoing the sentiments earlier from Steve Devine. Pass accuracy, that's definitely the key work on for Roy Gard. We know his running game is almost second to none. He brings that Falau Fakatava-like impact for us off the bench. That left boot as well, extremely handy to have. When you look at Ireland, James Lowe, they use that so well. So interesting points there from Ian Foster. A lot of the talk as well has been around the inclusion of Damian McKenzie at the 15 jersey and where he fits into this side going forward. Here's Ian Foster speaking on the young live wire fullback. Well, he's always been a 10, 15 for us. So um, it's it's keeping that that combination between our 10 and 15 going well. Um, really, you know, we we're really pleased with Damien last week and we want to grow his influence in our team. We think this is a good opportunity for him to do that. And, and Bodie can be that, that calm head coming off the bench and if, if we end up moving Damien into 10 later on. So... Um, it's just keep growing the, the combinations that we think are, are working well for us and you know, I think also it, it means that it's another continuity type game for, for Will. You know, he's played the first game, missed the next one and another couple of games in a row I think will be really positive for him. Found it interesting there, Fozzie mentioning that the plan is to move Damien into 10 once Bodie comes on. I did think maybe they'd chuck uh, Bodie into 10, move Will Jordan to the back. That would be quite exciting. So clearly they're seeing Bodie purely as a 15 at the moment, something to keep an eye on moving forward. And also interesting around Damien McKenzie, it really does appear he's played his way into the 23, doesn't it? Almost a month ago now, he was struggling to find his name on the team sheet. A solid performance against Namibia, strong impact off the bench last week and it looks like DMAC has clipped his ticket to a jersey in the quarterfinal. Next up, our All Black coach, he spoke on discipline and how important it is going to be moving forward in this World Cup. Look, there's been so many cards and um, it seems to be the way it is. You know, hopefully that settles down a little bit. Um, but I think, you know, we're, we're really aware of the, the way the game's been played and, and officiated now and 
and we, we know we've got to take responsibility for our technique as much as we can. I, I think we, we did that really well against Italy. Um, and it's an area that we know has big ramifications if you get it wrong. So, yep, it's a focus. Um, it's not, not the focus, but it's high up on the list. Yep, discipline certainly has to be a focus, doesn't it? I thought it really let us down against France. So good to see last week we kept a pretty clean sheet. You'd hate for a card to come into factor this week, heading into finals football and someone gets suspended. That would be the last thing we need. Of course, Adi Savia, he's not on the team sheet this week. He has been filling in in the skipper role, but he gets the week off. Here's Ian Foster talking about the great man and the wrecking ball, Adi Savia. I thought he was huge on the weekend. Um... He's been big for us all year. I think he, you know, I think he probably had one quiet game, but apart from that, he, he's he's played at a really high level. And and you know, our, our experience with Artie or my time with him shows me that, that he can he often comes back really well when he's charged up. And um, he's hoping. Ian Foster was then joined by skipper Sam Kane, who of course returns to the starting lineup, and as a result, wears the captain's armband. He was questioned around Ethan Blackadder, who of course was a late inclusion to the squad, replacing Amoni Narawa, and gets the opportunity to play his first World Cup game off the bench this weekend. Ethan's a, a joy to have around. I think everyone uh, sort of who interacts with Ethan has. His charisma and personality rubs off and, and that's the way he plays footy so he's been awesome to have back in the environment. Um, he ripped into training last week once the um, trainers let the shackles loose after all his travel and um, yeah just I, I know he'll be excited, we're excited to see him go. Um, he's a great team man and um, I think everyone knows what he brings, you know he's, he's physical, he, he rips it, he throws his body around. Um, he's got a big engine, so um, uh, looking forward to seeing him make his World Cup debut. And he is a guy that uh, goes 100 miles an hour in just about everything he does. And like everything, that's a strength and a weakness. And so he's, he's just got to be smart about how he uses his energy. But come back and um, fit it in well, and you know, it would be great to see him come on. And it's been a, a sort of a lengthy time away from us. I don't know how long, it's just not, not far away from two years, isn't it, with injuries and, and stuff. And so, you know, it's, it's, he's feeling pretty honoured and privileged if you to come back, and I'm sure he'll show that. Yeah, excited to watch Ethan go about his work this weekend. He's a true workhorse and gives us something a bit different in our forward pack. Also, of course, James Marshall on here about a week ago predicted that Ethan would be starting for us in the final. So keep an eye on that. Next up, Sam Kane spoke about where the squad is at heading into our final pool game. Yeah, I'm very ready. I'm very excited. Uh, it's been a little bit of a road bump for me personally to start the World Cup, which was, uh, I spoke after the game how it had been a little bit frustrating but um, just really excited and, and grateful to be back um, looking forward to training the Sabo actually to test things out under a bit of heat um, a bit of pressure from the boys and then um, feel a lot more confident um, heading into the game again so you yeah, can't wait that was actually Sam Kane speaking on his return to the starting lineup, and it's good to hear the skipper's feeling confident. He's re-energised and ready for a massive end to the tournament. Here is Sam Kane speaking about where the squad is at ahead of this week's game. The squad as a whole is, is in good shape physically. Um, I feel like we've made 
good progress in some key areas of our game following the, the Bordeaux work where we got to put in a lot of work and it was pleasing to see those those shine through in the game against earlier. The challenge for us is to be able to back that up and keep strengthening those key areas. Um, you know, put out another another good performance which will sort of could put us in a good spot going forward. So um, all the focus is, is on this game and been able to back up what we were able to do last week. So there you have it. Great to hear from Sam Kane and Ian Foster ahead of this weekend's game. Of course, the final pool game. A massive performance is needed from the boys to keep that momentum going from that big win against Italy. Time now for some ads. And when we come back, we have the Rugby World Cup schedule. Where we cast the eye over those other games coming up this weekend. Welcome back to Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. And of course, so much of the focus today has been on that All Blacks team being named. Plenty of news coming out of All Blacks camp as a result to the changes Fozzie and co have made to that team. But of course, there's plenty of other games going on this weekend. You can hear them all live here on SENZ. So let's have a look at those. Friday morning, like we mentioned, New Zealand take on Uruguay with Daniel McCarty and Christian Cullen, the dynamic duo calling that one. I think everyone's expecting a big score here and hopefully we can keep that momentum going as we look to roll ahead to either an Ireland, South Africa or a Scotland maybe even if they can throw a spanner in the works. Sunday morning, England versus Samoa with Sammy Hewitt and Steve Devine calling that one. A huge game there. Can Samoa pull off the upset? Of course, they have nothing to lose. That's when they're most dangerous. England looking to remain undefeated and march on into their quarterfinals. Ireland versus Scotland following that 7.30am Sunday morning. Again, we get the duo of Daniel McCarty and Christian Cullen. What a game this is going to be. The banter's flying between both camps. They know each other so well. Of course, Six Nations rivals. A lot on the line, especially for Scotland. So can't wait for that game. And then Monday morning, oh sorry, Monday night, Japan versus Argentina. I think she's a triple header on Monday. Sammy Hewitt and Steve Devine calling that one as well. Winner goes through from Pool D, and you'd like to think, Steve Devine touched on it before, if Argentina can win this game, perhaps they can march on through to the semi-finals, which would be a massive result for them, considering the slow start they had in going down to England. So plenty to look forward to this weekend. Of course, I won't be here tomorrow. I'm on the plane heading back to New Zealand, but I will be back in the studio on Friday. So no more internet, no more laggy calls here. It'll be great audio quality. Look forward to seeing you then. Cheers for tuning in. Have a good one. Catch you tomorrow.